Would you care to step outside? We need to do this. Warning, PC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Brings are back, bitches! What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of DC on RMD Titans Edition here on Rayman Digital. We are live, as we have been every previous episode on Twitch. But if you can't catch us live, you can always check us out on any of the podcast networks like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Just search DC on RMD. Give us a review. Give us some likes or stars or whatever the hell the service has. It helps us out. I'm your host, Stephen. Today, I have Paul. Hey. And David. Hello. And David should be happier than a pig and shit tonight. (laughs) Yes, I am. And Lauren. Hello. And, um, yeah, so today we will break down season three, episode three of Titans titled Hank and Dove directed by Millicent Shelton, which is one hell of a cool name and written by Jamie Gorenberg. So these were two new names, uh, this season. I didn't go to check and see if they were previous directors or writers from past seasons or any of the other shows, but Holy fuck, did they do something insane. Insane this week. This episode. Yes, they but got the job done. They got the job done. Um, before we get into that, though, I do want to make a correction. So last episode, we talked about what a million dollars looks like. Okay. <laughs> and it, for the sake of being accurate, um, what I showed was actually a hell of a lot more than a million dollars on camera. So a million dollars in a in $100 bills looks like this in a briefcase. Okay. There's no way eight people could have carried that out. But that's a hundred, that's just a hundred dollar bills stacked. I'll show it to the camera. That's impossible. But you would need 25 of those briefcases. No, that's a hundred million. They got 25 million. No, no, no. This is one million. This is one one million million. in $100 bills. Okay. But that's still 25 briefcases provided it was in 25 briefcases. I mean, you could fit way more in a duffel bag. If each guy had two duffel bags, that's probably like 4 million. What is four times eight? 32. They had it covered. Yeah. Now, if it was in $1 bills, it was, it's a bitch. It's a giant, giant cube of a, uh, that's absurd. Yeah. I don't even, you'd need a forklift. The bottom line is I'm not buying what they're selling. So, but I felt it was important to, uh, not spread misinformation about how much money (laughs) you have to protect your integrity. I I do. (laughs) I appreciate your commitment to like verifying that because I still like, what, how did they leave? I don't know. That's the, that's the biggest thing for me. There's potholes. I mean, I'm sure they had a truck parked right around the side, but like, why didn't we have a quick shot of that? Right. And, and and we saw, at least in Dark Knight, when Joker stole all that money, we saw the duffel bags go into the back of a school bus. I believed that. Yes. I don't believe this. And I don't believe they <laughs> had that much money on hand either. 
And, and it also didn't look like a cool bank, like uh, like the one in Dark Knight. Like I mean, it looked big... cool from the outside. Well, yeah, but I mean, like the one in, in Dark Knight was like a, a big bank. Yeah, it was like Wonder Woman style bank. Yeah, a huge bank, big multinational conglomerate. This looked like a little shitter regional bank. Well, it adds <laughs> it adds to the idea that there might be more to Jason's plans than what we know. Because Jason was the one who set it up. So he might not be as good yet. Yeah, he's, you think he's learning as he goes? He's learning as he goes. I'm going to come right out and say that last week's money debacle, like, is, why are we wasting time talking about that? Okay. We have this week's uh, episode. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, I, wanted, I wanted to, but that's a good segue, David, because he is learning and he's applied those sciences to a, a total uh, situation here where, where holy shit, Hank, like, um, yeah, so he, he, <laughs> he was able to call Hank and basically coerce and lure him into a trap knowing that Hank does not like him, thinks he's a little shithead, which he's not wrong, and lures him into a trap on false pretenses of... Oh, I'm. I just need help. You know. You know. I'm the weak little guy kind of thing, and I just. I just need your help. I'm in a bad place. And Hank, being the hot-headed dumbass he is, yep, falls for it, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> so, what does that tell us yeah. about Jason and how well he knows how these people tick? Yeah. And you gotta remember. I mean, we mentioned it last episode that basically Jason was trained by Batman, and one of the biggest attributes of Batman is he's very observant. Yeah. So Jason probably picked at least that up. We see that even in Dick Grayson that he's very observant. He might make mistakes, but at the end of the day, he sees the the mistakes he makes really well, quickly. And there's so many scenes where we see him watching what's unfolding. He's out of frame until when something goes down, and he's always there lurking, yes. overwatching what's happening to see his plans unfold as he had planned them out. But clearly, he's keeping Dick of all of them at, at the at least right now. What we've seen at the the farthest uh, arms reach. Yes, I think he's mostly scared of Dick. Well, he's at this point. While the 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 Titans are actually chasing Jason, Jason is trying to keep away from Dick because he knows Dick is good enough to actually catch up to him. Yeah, I mean, Dick Dick is the closest to his equal. Yes. He can yes. manipulate and and lead on everybody else. All day, and, and because they and, were trained from the same person, they're they're gonna have some shared experiences and knowledge there. So yeah. it, it's just interesting that he would choose Hank first, knowing that Hank would be the easiest domino to fall in this set because of how Hank feels towards him. So, what better way to drive a wedge in the team than to to pick what quite arguably is the weakest, weakest link, link and yeah. get him out, get him to fall victim to his trap well not only not only fall him but also dove i love the fact that he manipulated dove in the end well, well I'm going, yeah technically jason didn't kill him it but, was dove. <laughs> but even when we start the episode hank uh you know they have a fight over once they find out that jason's still alive you know dick tells him it's jason blah 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 and and don doesn't want to go uh, after him the same way that Hank does. Hank is out for blood. Yeah. Hank's like, D- fuck this little guy. Like, we, we just need to take him out. 
which is a big part of why he was so easily manipulated. Yeah. Because Jason's calling for help and like Hank isn't there to help. Hank is trying to get in close and 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 end him. Yeah. 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 And he knows Hank better than Hank knows himself. That's what I find so amazing and interesting about how they've developed Jason in this story. Yeah. And, and to call him and get him to do this. And then to take it a step further in Hank's complete and, and, and utter naivete gets Hank to take all of his clothes off. <laughs> cool peener, bro. And jump yeah. in a pool. <laughs> That's a Dirty ass pool. Dirty pool. Why was there still water in it? I don't know, but nobody's balancing those chemicals. Yeah. I promise you. It's got to be like no. all rainwater through like the broken glass ceiling. There was trash in there. Yeah. It was garbage. That was that was straight up a power move. Yeah. It was that a was year's degradation abandoned. and humiliation <laughs> because he could. Yeah. But I was like, yep. what the heck is Hank thinking? Take off your clothes. I'm like going... Well, just automatically, I'm like going, well, no, nah, I'm out of here then, him. man. Yeah, no, it's cool, <laughs> he man. He underestimated him like everyone does. Yep. That's he how bad. It doesn't matter if I'm naked. I can still beat that little punk's ass. Yep. Punch him right in and his he's eye. wrong. Yep. And, and, and that's, that's uh, yeah, that's the insight right there, Lauren, is, is he, he played him. He played him like a fiddle. And, and no one expected Jason to be like a sociopath at this point either. Not He's this kind. He's crying on the phone with Hank, mm-hmm. crying, whimpering, tears, real tears are rolling down this kid's face. Who are you crying for? No one's watching you. He's just that method. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing performance by uh, what, Colin, uh, what's his first name? Curran. Curran. Right? Way to tell. Curran. And Walters. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, just amazing performance by him in, in, in that scene in particular. Um, well, dude, I love the fact that it just adds to the theme that we discussed in the last episode is just how messed up the Bat family truly is. Mm-hmm. And he is a sociopath. <laughs> and if you think about it, probably through all the adventures that him and Bruce went through as Batman and Robin... All the all the weird villains he's had to contend with, yeah, that would probably screw someone up really badly. Because honestly, that whole scene reminded me like I think Jason's like almost turned into the Joker. Yeah, oh, I because- mean, there's there's a scene where I don't I don't remember specifically what it, I think it was before he throws the guy out the window. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where he's like he's in the costume, but he's not wearing the mask, and he just kind of like like oh you flinched kind of a thing mm-hmm. to somebody and then he like smirks about it and it's just it's a very joker move, joker move. because the dude is already terrified it's like cat he mouse. thinks or knows he's going to die right. in this situation and jason's just fucking with him and tosses and it, his it, ass out the window yeah, it's like, just that that it was like three seconds and it just felt very joker oh yeah well just how he trapped hank and 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 uh, it, you know, dehumanized him like Lauren said, and and got him to strip down, and then implants him with a, an explosive device in his chest. Again, that's straight up Joker shit, right oh, yeah. there. I mean, think about that. If you were to look at the source material from comics, that's right out of Killing Joke. What Joker did to Gordon, he humiliated him. Yeah, he he removed all of his clothes, yeah. tied him to a chair, but he didn't and made dress. Him s- but he didn't dress him like a baby. If they would have done that, that would have been one hell of oh, a that, wink wink. That would have been a wink wink. 
But that's the vibe I got when automatically when he tells Hank, take off your clothes. You got to get in the pool. And I'm like, going, no, dude, this is like Jason's gone at this point. Oh, yeah. He's not. Uh, I am going to say that, Jason, there is no redemption arc. There can't be for Jason at this point uh, because he's so messed up at this point. He took out one of the Titans. I I think there's 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 like one option or one like gray area and it is you know one what his motivations are for doing what he's doing and I think part of that is like who is slash does he have like a new acting mentor yeah and I think all of that could be used as a like I was manipulated myself into doing this or like, maybe not, Mm -hmm. maybe this is just all fucking him and he is that broken. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think how, how it unfolds is the only like maybe for him Mm -hmm. being redeemable. Well, Well, now, you know, we know that somebody did go and get his body out of the morgue, Yes, but we don't know what transpired after that. Well, and, and was that all, also just him was it all just pre-arranged it it could have been it, it seems like it, it would have had to have been to some extent again going back to what you you pointed out in in the first episode there with the with the fear toxin it, maybe it, it was an anti-fear toxin like you said mm-hmm. it could have also been some substance to some make, kind of limitless bullshit well yeah or make him feign death oh yeah, 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 yeah. um and and appear to the joker that that he was dead and but there's too many puzzle pieces we still don't have to know how he planned this to to get out of it but again if that was part of it and that is part of the plan um was it jason's was it a mentor like you said paul uh you know we we don't know yet so um i want to just throw this out there if you guys started thinking about this while watching this episode because i automatically started thinking about it just trying to piece all the puzzle pieces together that we got in three episodes is what if the mentor that we've kind of think that there might be a big mentor character. What happens if it turns out to be Bruce? Could it be possible? Because think about it. Okay. Some, we know someone got his body out of the morgue. Like not, not now, now, now would Bruce, when finding out the Joker beats Jason to death, would that shatter Bruce enough to all of a sudden go get his go get his squire's body, try to use whatever connections he has? Maybe he used his own methods to bring back Jason, and it screws him up even further. <laughs> yeah, it would be an interesting take that if it wasn't um a take on the lore that we know yeah that if it was bruce that ultimately sent this this guy to go get him although i i'm not convinced it, it was because, it, because you know I mean, the body came back to bruce anyway he like he buried it he, he so he buried it but again to david's point we don't know what happened in that time slot between those moments. Exactly. Did he dip him in a lazarus pit that we just don't that we don't know, know about and also okay Bruce tells tells Dick and Barbara that he buries Jason next to Alfred, mm-hmm. right? Well, we just saw someone take him out of the morgue. Mm-hmm. 
How right. did Bruce so get the was body? he lying in the first place? How, yeah. Did he even get the body? Yeah, well, the, exactly, Lauren. He lied to them, which is typical Bruce, right? The, the guy, as much as you want to trust him, you really can't trust him. You can't him. really trust him. Um, and, I mean, is that... Is this that is a, a different Bruce. Is that a mincing of words? Like, did he say he's got a plot next to Alfred or something? Ooh. No, a, he said he plot. buried him in the family plot. He did. He did say that. Okay. But so that's why I'm like, you got, and we got to remember, this isn't the Batman that we all know that is a hero. He doesn't have. We've already since the very beginning, we've established that he doesn't have his moral compass figures in his life that keep him in check. He doesn't have Jim. Well, I just at the end of the day, what is if this was all orchestrated by Bruce? So it was orchestrated that Robin. Did Robin actually get killed? Did Jason actually get killed by the Joker and then Bruce just recovered the body and brought him back? Or was it always Bruce's plan to have Jason get killed by Joker so that Bruce could kill Joker? I don't think that would be. I don't think it was that. Part of me was like saying Jason went to go deal with the Joker without anybody. That Mm -hmm. inciting incident is him being rash and then basically getting in trouble and then getting killed. Bruce finds out at that point, Bruce snaps because who's there to actually take care of if Bruce is told Jason Todd, your Robin was just murdered by the Joker. There's no one to actually be his quote unquote, you know, his support system, his support system because yeah. there's no one there. So right. Bruce could have snapped because who's he going to go to? He's not going to go to Barbara. He's just not. But, but, He's not going to well, go like, to is, Dick. Is Jason such a little street urchin that when a kid in a Robin costume gets killed by the Joker, his identity isn't all over the news? Like, honestly, I figured that him being pulled out of the morgue was maybe like Barbara pulling strings so that Jason's identity just wasn't blasted everywhere. You That's know? a good point. I didn't hey, think about that. Yeah. And she could have she could have covered but it like, up. The way that the way that they dug into it in the episode, like she was the one discovering that somebody moved the body. Right. So right. I don't actually think it was her, but like that's, that would be my immediate assumption. That, that would like, be, that would be even a bigger twist is finding out that Barbara's involved. Uh, what were you going to say, Lauren? <laughs> I think that in this universe, it seems as though like the cops kind of know who the Titans and stuff are, um, yeah. or at least some of them might like, like, whoever Barbara's like right-hand woman is or whatever, you know, I mean, she also knows that Dick Grayson dated Barbara. Cool. But it just seems like maybe there's a little bit more there because why else would the commissioner be letting these people just walk around and do what they want and Mm -hmm. like make demands of her. Barbara Um, has like, loudly yelled at dick <laughs> about being nightwing <laughs> in the middle yeah. of the precinct several times yeah. this season yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're also, not dude i, I, I of, love those moments though because it's like nightwing doesn't I, give a crap <laughs> babs fucking chill yeah they're not they're not i kind of feel it. like the, there's no way that that she was gonna let jason todd's identity be blasted out you know also he's a kid Technically, and most of the time, um, minors' identities won't be given out to mm-hmm. the public when something happens unless there's, like, parental consent or something like that. Or unless it's, like, a really high-profile case that's still under investigation. But in this case, they, they caught the guy. So right. and the- they didn't need to disclose his identity to the public. Well, what, what also, going back to what David was saying, you know, Gar left a message on the Bat computer 
um, send him a bat text or whatever, letting Bruce know that Jason's still alive. Um, what's the implications there? It, is Bruce going to come back now? Will we see Bruce? Is he truly gone? Maybe. I mean, like, it, it for me, for Gar, it was understandable because Gar is still, he's probably you know, superhero wise mentally, he's the youngest out of all the Titans. So ever since the, ever since the series began, his motive is always, I got to run to the parent figure to go tell what's going on. I, honestly, I think he's that's fucking what he big brain gar this season. He is like, I, he's I getting there, him he's getting there, him leaving the message. Isn't like Bruce, please come back and help us. It's like, Hey, I know you're monitoring somehow. I just want you to know that this happened. Yeah, here's an SOS message, basically. And eventually, I know you're going to get it. Maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, but I know you're going to get it. So I'm just going to put this out here. But speaking of big brains, we got to see Connor flexing his Lex brain, right? That was cool. It that was, was cool. cool. Trying to trying to figure out a way to keep Hank from dying is that 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 demolition device in his chest is ticking down the heartbeats, which I really appreciated the cleverness of that, that aspect of like, it wasn't just a classic timer. It was mm. based on his heartbeat and he had a certain amount of ticks left in the ticker and then it was going to go boom and, and have Connor have to try to figure it out with, with all these stereo instructions that he's reading through and using his super speed and, and his Lex brain. Like what a cool mixture of both of those characters and his genetic code to try to solve this, this dilemma that they find themselves in. Well, essentially in one scene, they have showed that Connor technically is stronger than Superman at this point because he has the brain of Lex Luthor. I'd say more capable. More you know, capable. Stronger is the word. He can yeah, be more he's, capable. He's very formidable. And, and it, it's cool because for the most part, we've seen him do a couple cool things in the last seasons, but this was a, a good spotlight moment for him where we got to see more of him in the foreground really chipping in in a big way. Yeah, this was, this was um, one of the biggest ones. But ultimately... The, the ticker runs out of beats or it's getting about to run out of beats and he's he's trying to get it up to a certain percentile, which is also kind of cool that they were trying to figure out like the failure rate and trying to get it to 100%. You know what? When you get to about 95 <laughs> plus, maybe take a gamble and say, fuck it. Um, going for perfection sometimes, you know, bad things can happen and we, that, and we that, see that. That's part of, the, but that's part of the that Lex persona though. I mean, perfection. if you think about it, yeah. Lex is the type of person that, that his personality is about p- perfection. He needs to get it precise. Well, he didn't. And, and as the team descends on Jason, um, to try to, to, or at least, you know, Dick and Don are trying to deal with Jason and his nonsense. Uh, <laughs> Jason basically gives an ultimatum to Don, you know, you can kill me and end this all and save Hank. Or Hank's going to die. Th- those are the only two choices on you the table. It. And gives her the very means <laughs> in it. which to do it. That that whole scene and how it played out and even like the result and the reaction was like just screamed Joker to me. Oh, as 100%. Well. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, the, the minute she pulled the trigger and it cut to the, to the shot of Hank sitting in the bed... Which, you know, before we get to that, go, going back to Mike's favorite character, you know, Crypto was right there hanging out with Hank, 
He's being a his good boy. He's a good boy. That crypto, just you know, being a service dog in that moment of uh, you know, it's, it all, and there's kind of like an interesting uh, subtext there, right? When whenever people are in the, in a nursing home or a hospital dying, and and those places will have like a pet. That will mm-hmm. be there, and the pet will always go to that person yep. when they know they're about to pass as like a blast moment of comfort. That animal just instinctively knows. Knows. And and as a viewer, we all should have seen this coming. Like cryptos, and this is happening. It wasn't the fact that we should have seen this coming. I didn't think they would do it. You know what I mean? It's balls I did, on it, these people. This this was a big gamble for the writers to do this. In three, and by the third episode, you'd expect this kind of like more closer to the end. But I appreciate but, it that it's right up front because yeah. it's a pow right in the kisser, and you just got to deal with it. And and we see the the look on. I mean, Don obviously couldn't believe what had just happened, and Jason in his response to the whole situation, like you said, Paul, it, it's very Joker. like It's very Joker like. And then we cut back to seeing Connor try to rush in. After he couldn't solve the technical d- dilemma, I'm just going to use my brute super strength, <laughs> and he shows up just a uh, an ass hair too too short, too short, and boom, you know he's standing in the smoke, and just the 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 look on his face and his emotional response to the situation. Well, I was like, like I I did it. We were we were done, and I had the time. Like with his super speed, five ticks left. Yeah, that's wh- enough. What what happened? How how did this not work out? But he doesn't know what's going on no, on the, the other side. The of other town. side. And now Connor. I hope that they continue. They they do something really cool with Connor's character now at this point because he essentially just witnessed one of his teammates get vaporized in front of him. <laughs> yeah, and and feeling uh, he, he's obviously going to feel distraught over it because not not knowing or even if he does find out that don was ultimately the cause if he had been faster it wouldn't be a problem if if he would have been faster if he would have been smarter any of those things he's going to take that blame on his shoulders and and how's that going to impact him as an individual how's that going to impact him in terms of how he's going to be able to participate in the team will that affect his his effectiveness well especially since you know like the thing that's cool that they've now showed about connor is part of me feels like his theme throughout the season might be they're going to play with the fact that connor has like two genetic personalities basically he has the lex luthor who's incredibly which is cool and then he has the superman and like if superman was placed in that moment and failed you know for a fact superman would take it all on his shoulders he's to blame and it would be like very traumatizing to superman mm-hmm. so i'm hoping that they play around with connor at this point with his personality you should kind of show that we will see more of the inklings of superman and lex Luthor now yeah i don't see why they wouldn't i mean hell last season where you're similarly when jason like almost fell to his death and then that kind of plagued him the rest of the season Mm -hmm. like i'm sure that this will be a reoccurring thought or issue for connor yeah not feeling that even though he has a super strength and this super intelligence he's still he's still got to do better yeah he's still less than his his two parts that make him right he's not superman he's not lex um 
So there's an interesting psychological thing going on with Connor there that I, I think is going to be fun to explore. Yes. I hope they explore it more. Obviously, we're going to get some exploration into Dawn to some to some degree because her, you know, her better half in in some ways, um, he's dead now. He's yeah. he's gone. Who who's going to clean up that room? I Alfred's honest, gone. Honest, honestly. <laughs> Somebody is going to have to wash Hank's ashes off of Crypto. Yeah. Why didn't Crypto do something? <laughs> what do you want Crypto like, to do? Like what? What? He doesn't like, have thumbs. Like, he could bite that thing out of his chest and rip it out. And then and it, it does was, the it was thing with the little arteries. spiky boys that'll kill him and detonate. <laughs> he would have bled out, assuming that the dog was able to get it out and get away fast enough to contain the explosion. The sad part for me, I thought I, I was actually chuckling at this thought after Hank died because I was thinking the same thing as you, Steve. I'm like, going, what about crypto? And I pictured crypto just basically shaking his fur and <laughs> ashes go everywhere, and he's just. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I'm what's a going dog. on. <laughs> I'm a dog. He's the goodest boy. He he is a goodest boy. He um is. I I really like to the fact that Jason, you know, going back to Jason targeting Hank because they're both so similar in so many ways. They're both hotheads, they're both quick to react and not think before they act. Um and so for him to choose Hank, it's almost like a "Hey, fuck you," because you've always been really bad towards, bad me, towards and, me and treated me poorly. So, you know, I'm going to take you out. But also, there could be a little bit. Of, it could be a little cathartic for him because, in essence, he's kind of killing himself. Yeah, in his own personality and what he might perceive as a weakness, like like killing his old self. Because right. new Jason is very different. New yeah. Jason is a. It, there's a new cat in town. And, see, and so that's an interesting theme to me. To me, the interesting puzzle piece to me, just see, seeing this in this episode, we know like what you guys said, Jason is trying to maybe destroy his old self. Mm-hmm. How does Tim Drake fit into all this? Yeah, we didn't get there's any. No way, there's no way Bruce is taking Tim Drake. He's not going to train him. So that would like, only I can't imagine th- Dick being like, hey, you know what? I could go for a new brother. <laughs> like how does Tim Drake This one's well, more ethnic So, so cool. it, what you guys are saying is actually Intriguing right because Tim was in the episode one And we haven't seen anything else of him so, I, I yes. feel like we had a single shot Of him riding a bike but like There were no lines and then it just cut away so, so here we well, have. We've had more than that. Well, in the first episode, in, since then, yeah, since then we've. Oh, since okay. Since I was like, wow, no way. So, so to your point, Batman's gone. It's not going to be Batman that top caps. But, Tim. but Tim's like generally, Tim's origin was that like he figured everything out. So maybe yeah. he'll just show up at Wayne Manor and be so, like, "Hey guys, I can help you because I know these things." Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. So, about so it. here's the deal. I think he's going to deduce Batman and Robin's identities because he that's his origin story. And then he is going he's obviously really heartbroken at Robin being murdered. Mm -hmm. Um, His mom even said, oh, I'm sorry, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) knowing it was going to hit him hard. So he's clearly going to want to solve what's going on, Um, especially with like a new player in town. The Red Hood's probably going to cause more commotion, going to become kind of infamous, and he's going to want to 
help because Batman's nowhere to be found. So he's going to insert himself into the situation one way or another. I think so. And it's going to have to be, it's not going to be Bruce, but it could be Dick when he inserts himself into their lives as, hey, I'm this person and I figured this out. This might be Dick's moment to quote unquote take up the bat mantle but not necessarily the cowl itself but to take on a new tim because if this if this kid proves that he's so savvy and capable of of deducing and solving who their identities are and it fits the character too because as comic book fans we all know when it came to the sons tim is the best detective that's why i didn't think about it paul d mentioned it tim's the one that could possibly figure everything out and he's the, the he's the one that deduces everything, and that's the threat to Jason. But, the, but the, then we won't get Carrie. Good. Oh no! Or <laughs> any of the other, or any of the other either. ones. And that's what's interesting too, because we know that that Dick is aware of all of those other ones. Now, he could easily just walk out and say, "You know what? He probably wouldn't be ready for that." Um, no. Not so closely after one, uh, Jason supposedly being dead and then coming back and being a complete destructive chaotic mess and then losing another titan he would probably be very apprehensive to pull up that list of robins and go okay who can we recruit we need some help against jason i mean i i absolutely see it as like tim inserts himself into the situation and against like all of dick's own wishes and better judgment eventually it's like hey like I appreciate your help, and I know that you're going to keep doing what you're doing despite me telling you not to, so and I can't to, be with you all the time, yeah. so I guess maybe wear this bulletproof suit. <laughs> right. It could be a way to save it, him. Yeah. Was it was it Wonder Girl that told Dick that he could never uh, he could never turn away a stray? I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're and right. And I think that applies here. Like, if, if Tim's going to show up and he's going to start trying to prove himself— Dick's going to be the first one probably to go, I mean, the kid's capable. I don't know. I would. I would. Yeah. <laughs> and as a fan, I would really enjoy that because out of all the Robins, I like all the other Robins, but my favorite by far has always been Tim because Tim proved to be the best detective. And that's what Batman is. He's the world's greatest detective. None of the other ones kind of prove that they're as smart as Bruce. Tim proved he is just as smart, even smarter than Bruce. And he's always been that the Robin that could take up the mantle, just not physically, but mentally so, he could. So speaking of detective work, when Dick goes to visit Crane back in, in Arkham, Crane knows a lot. So what detective work or knowledge has Crane suddenly got because he he seems to know everything um, as he's talking to Dick. It is strange because like it, honestly, Crane has always been the psychologist about you know that's his background, so he could piece it together. He's and I like how they've been showing him as kind of like the Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Type. So. I just never thought that Crane was that smart. We've never seen, at least to my knowledge, this kind of interpretation of 
crane slash scarecrow. Yeah. Um, he, he's embracing being caught and like finding new hobbies because very often <laughs> yes. whenever we see crane slash scarecrow, he is obsessed with improving the formula or executing this plan or trying to very specifically kill somebody. Yeah. And like that's that those are the sides that we typically see. So seeing seeing him where like all of that is off the table and he's not worried about it. He's chilling. He's on He's doing the pot. Yeah, he's the on the pot. <laughs> um, Batman doesn't do pot. And that's why Batman's mad. <laughs> <laughs> Batman needs to chill. Batman needs to chill. <laughs> but he's just, he's just got time and thoughts to unravel. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's got all the time in the world just sitting in there getting baked and, and thinking through these things. And maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he's drawing, you know, Gantt charts and flow charts and all kinds of charts trying to figure out. He's got out. a fucking typewriter. Like, yeah. what other resources did they give him? Yeah. And I remember one of you last episode was mentioning about how like, you, uh, being able to see more of Batman's villains. What happened to the Riddler? What happened to Bane? Yeah. At this point, especially in this episode with Crane, do we really need to see the Riddler? I, I, do I don't think we do. I mean, we could like see it down the road. We could, we could see that down the yeah, road. I'm not, I'm not even saying like this season yeah, necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I just. But what we have now is a very special use of use. very, very awesome characters that typically don't get this type of depth to them um, in any of the Batman, uh, any of the Batman material. I mean, some, some instances we'll get that with, with Scarecrow. But nothing like this. Nothing like Nothing that. like this. I mean, we got a little hint of it. Uh, in the Dark Knight trilogy, um, but this to me is just something special, and I really and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Um, but let's take a real quick break, and we'll come back and we'll do our final thoughts and scores. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. All right, we are back, and I want to get into these final thoughts. And Lauren, we'll have you go first again because you haven't spoken much, and I like hearing your voice. Hey, thanks. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go kind of high on this one. Um, think highlight scarecrow. Yep, highlight scarecrow. She's doing like the pot Jason when he's huffing those weird <laughs> drugs. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with um. I'm going to go with a 94. Okay. On this episode, I think uh they they did a couple of things that I wasn't expecting. Um like when I death. thought I knew what to expect, they they went kind of the other route. So, 
they really showcased who Jason is as an enemy, as an opponent. And all I'm missing is some Tim Drake so far. Mm. That's it. That's all I'm missing right now. David? Uh, well, out of the three episodes, this is my favorite episode. <laughs> because Hank's fucking dead. Because, uh, <laughs> well, I can't believe you had yes. the fucking balls to talk shit about him <laughs> having already watched this and known he was dead. <laughs> I know. I know. You're a piece of shit, David. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I'm like, like, I love this episode because they, they removed <laughs> a character that I thought was the weakest link. <laughs> I was like, going, thank you. And turns out, arguably, he was. And he, arguably, he was. I mean, Jason proved a point. <laughs> but, and thus but, proved my point. But, mm. but also, by doing that, not only does it affect just one other character, like, it, it'd be easy and to make it really simple and just this death only affects Dawn. But we all know that it's going to affect Honor. We yeah. all know it's going to affect probably Dick at this point. Well, Dick well, for course. sure. And then, um, of course, Dawn. Yeah. So... I mean, we we saw. We saw oh, we lost Bo- your mic. We lost your mic. We lost your mic, Paul. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> Should hey, there we go. All right, there we go. And we're back. Um, we saw. I mean, probably not as hard as everyone else that you just mentioned, but fucking Corey. Corey like, just Corey goes- straight goes and like hugs Gar, and he's like, "Oh, bad things happened." Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, just I thought lovable. we won. What's happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also in this episode, we got to see more depth in the characters, and actually, kind of start seeing they're, they're, the setup at this point is just perfect because I now buy Jason as a viable threat. He's not. It felt like we were buying him pretty good in the second in the second episode, episode but this, this one seals seals it. it, and like this is not a Jason Todd that any of us are used to seeing because I don't think like Jason Todd in the actual comics would ever do this because eh. you know, eh. he has his, he has his boundaries. He'll kill, he'll well, kill villains. And again, this is like under the red hood, like premiere of the character premiere Jason the character. that we're talking about. And I think that one would have, but Batman stopped him Yeah, or, you know, they, they or, threw Joker in there and, uh, distracted him, or you know, however that. Or plays even out. the Arkham game, like that was a ruthless version, version. Yeah. of Red Hood, and yeah. this is very much that. And I, I couldn't be happier with this episode. Yeah, and like in that regard, it goes to the one thing that you know, me and Steve and you and uh, me and Mike have always talked about. Trauma makes great storytelling. Oh, yeah. I mean, we see it in Doom Patrol. We see it. We're, we're now seeing it more in teen titans Mm -hmm. and i'm really excited to where they're going with it i mean paul just made my head explode about like the whole idea of tim drake and i'm like going yes yeah i need to make that happen (laughs) trauma (laughs) makes great storytelling but it's terrible to be the one living through it and being a story for someone else to observe (laughs) so my score for this episode is gonna be higher than my initial one oh is it a hundred buddy no it's (laughs) not yet 90. I'm going to give this one oh, a 90. Oh, okay, okay. What about you, uh, Paul? Um, yeah, okay. So <laughs> uh, just very briefly, 
I knew some shit was going to go down because nobody would shut up about how shit had gone down. <laughs> um, and like the walking dead taught me that anytime a character gets like quality moments with everyone else, they are about to die. Mm. Um, but like, despite that, the, the whole time in like that closing scene, I thought the gun, I thought the trigger that Dawn had was a, yes, I thought that here. was a bomb. I thought yeah. we were going to lose Dawn. I thought she was yeah. going to pull the trigger and she was going to die. Um, so in, in a way, actually killing Hank was a, him being the one that we lost was a little bit of a surprise to me because I had convinced myself otherwise because mm-hmm. tricks and trickery. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved everything that this has done and I'm mildly concerned about the rest of the season living up to this, but you know, I'm fucking, I'm in it. I'll watch it's, it. It's regardless. a big wow so, moment very wow early moment. on. So I'm, uh, I'm going in 95. Okay. Boom. So everything you guys just said more, um, going back to the Dawn pulling the trigger, um, the fact that she was willing in that moment to pull the trigger after at the beginning of the episode, having told Hank that there was a, there has to be another way. We can't just take him out. Like he, he was one of us. He's family, these sorts of things. In that moment, she was willing to even cross the line herself. She was that committed to saving Hank. She was that committed. She was that desperate. Yes. Too. And she was willing to off this this poor kid who's just disturbed and needs help. What a bitch. No. <laughs> exactly. Now she has to die. <laughs> now, now she has I mean, to die. At the same time, though, like he's he's treating it like a complete joke. Like it yeah. doesn't matter to him that Hank is, is seconds from death. Yeah. Which is it's, it's just it was a very incredibly well written episode. Um, yeah. Did not expect it coming you know watching it again in hindsight looking back some of the puzzle pieces we should have maybe like you said paul we should have maybe put some things together whether it's walking dead or any show like that where you you kind of should know the beats of a story or crypto crawling into bed knowing yeah well he's probably gonna die we didn't see it coming and then holy shit it happens and so not just for shock factor, um, will, will I give it a high score, but just because of the, the how it was written, how it was constructed. Again, it just felt like an extension of the Dark Knight and the and the genius of of Joker's chaotic tactics and yeah. planning. Um, I'm going even higher than I went last episode. I'm going 96. I'm, I'm going a little bit higher because I I was so excited to come into the studio <laughs> and see you guys and had hoped that you guys had seen all of them, but you had, well, David had, Yeah. but I was over the moon on those first three episodes. So with that, that will end today's discussion. And uh, as always, you can catch all of our shows in from the past on DC on RMD.com. And you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all the socials. And chatted up with us about these awesome, awesome shows we're getting this season. Till next time. Who are you, bitches? Mother of God! Would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour. 